You are listening to the Young Western Podcast with your hosts, Cheyenne and Montana Donuquette, where we talk about all things from Western lifestyle to your dating stories and honestly everything in between that. Hope you enjoy. Okay, we are back with another episode of the Young Western Podcast and I have another guest on for you guys. Now, forgive me if I somehow mess this little intro up, but it is anything but little if I'm being honest. This man had a dream year in 2023. He went ahead and won the rookie high point. This is all in APRA. Rookie high point all-round cowboy, rookie bull ride, rookie, rookie healing and rope and tie titles. He won the 2023 bull riding uh, pro tour. He then went, oh, before that, he went to Mount Isa, won the Mount Isa all-round title. He then went to the NFR and won not only the bull riding title, but he also won the APRA all-round cowboy title. And he set an earnings record this year of $68,694. Did I get all that right, Toby? Correct. Yeah, that's right. Man, that made me nervous talking about it. I'm like, I think I'm like nervous and excited. Reading all this is insane. Do you won what? seven titles in one year yeah that, i'm pretty sure that's right i it kind of gotta yeah just take it take it rodeo by rodeo i suppose with with those sort of things i suppose and then the finals were was where it all come together and but i think i think it was a lead up to the finals once you once you got to the finals all that stuff was kind of you know um kind of there it was just a matter of competing well at the finals you know I really want to talk a lot about your mindset. Now, I'm sure anyone who kind of knows you briefly would sort of know a bit about your mindset and, and the way you conduct yourself. Last year, you were in the juniors, right? And this is your first year out of juniors. Yep. Did you set goals of winning this much? Do you kind of like enter the year? Did you know that you wanted to go as hard as you possibly could and win as much as you could? Do you set specific goals? Do you kind of... Where are you at with all that? Like, what did you enter 2023 season thinking, I guess? Well, <clears throat> um, as far as all the titles go, I didn't really have them all all in mind. I I had, obviously, when I look, I looked at the bull riding most. I, I said, I'm, I'm going to be the Australian champion bull rider in my first year of being able to get on open bulls, which is in 2023. That was my... I guess, dream goal forever. And that's what I worked towards. And, and every bull I rode, I tried to get better and better and better to where I could win that uh, title. But um, as far as, as far as winning the all around and the, the season earnings record, I, to be perfectly honest at Christmas time, when I come down to Victoria and I started riding on, you know, I thought, Oh gee, imagine, I literally said to myself, imagine winning the all around title, you know, at, at, in my first year of, of open competition. So I, I, I honestly didn't believe in myself the first probably third of the season. Um, and then I started winning some bull rides and I, I took the lead in the pro tour of the bull ride. And I thought, I thought, well, well, hang on. If I, if I just keep this up and, and keep getting better, like I have been throughout my whole junior career, there's, there's no reason why I can't win the all around. And I, um, I was put in the miles and I realized there was an opportunity to make a living out of, out of bull riding and, and rodeo on if I tried hard enough. And put in the work, and that's that's kind of what I did. So, I um, and about halfway through the season, I realised it was a dead set belief, and and I did believe in myself I could and was going to win it. So the all around that is, and um, yeah, I just kept kept pushing on and kept getting better, and fortunately, it, it worked out in the end. I'm just thinking, like I'm thinking about a lot of like 17, 18 year olds, and the things they're kind of focusing on. 
I know you somewhat well. You've stayed with us a little bit and um, we've kind of hung out a little bit. I think a lot of people would be probably intrigued at your the way you conduct yourself and the way you kind of live your life. Is this always, like, have you always, when you're a junior and everything, you've known that this was all you wanted to do and kind of set goals back then or? Yeah, uh, it it has been, yeah. My whole my whole life has been conducted around becoming a world champion board order. That's kind of li- like literally. I'm not. I'm not actually joking about that. Everything, every little thing that I've done long term has been, you know, to get better at bull riding and to eventually become a world champion. And obviously, not everything's going to work out along the way, but it's just a every every event I can I enter in and every bull I get on, I'm always trying to get better for that for that um, you know end result of of being a world champion. So, you know, the the finals were good and all that but I, i'll use that as like a stepping stone to get better um you know to compete in the the nfr in america you know so yeah that's that's kind of that but you know as far as as far as conducting myself there's like i have fun and stuff but at, at the end of the day um it all evolves around you know uh being able to be a better bull rider realistically yeah do you ever felt like feel like you kind of did you ever have to kind of not um, fall into kind of being persuaded to go out? Like, cause you don't really drink a whole lot. You don't party much. I know you're still really young. Like you've got plenty of years to do it, but from what I know of even myself, like I was pretty immature, but I know a lot of 18, 19 year olds that sort of party pretty hard. And especially someone who has won what you have won already in your life. Like I think that you would be, having temptations thrown at you left, right and centre to kind of party and go down a different path. Do you ever feel like you had to kind of not fight the urge but feel like you're maybe missing out a little bit or wondered whether you're on the right path? Because I just feel like for the longest time that I've known you, you've just been so dedicated to that one thing. Or is it just how you were brought up? Like is it just mum and dad and just the way you kind of were brought up, do you think? or Well, yeah, I think I think it's a bit of both. Uh, you know, when you say the way I was brought up and and kind of my moral and the way I was brought up kind of falls in falls into the same category kind of thing. And I, I guess I got mum and dad to thank to thank a lot for that. Um, but dad's kind of always been a choices person. You know, he's always said to me in anything, um, you know, you have a choice. You know, if you want to be if you want to be a double rank bull rider, you know the you know, getting on the beers and, and not feeling a hundred percent and not feeling hundred percent healthy is not going to help. It's just a matter of, you know, what actually helps. And I also had a mental coach, um, for this whole season and he made a very good point. And what I kind of live by is, you know, it's a choice. You know, does it, what you're doing, does it help you win or does it not help you win? And it's either a matter of, if you want to win, you're going to do what it's going to take to win. And I'm not saying that I've never drunk or anything. I've, you know, there's yeah. been, but you, you probably only need, you only need five fingers to count the amount of times that I've drunk properly this year, you know, and got a bit wild, but that's, that's kind of outside the rodeo, the rodeo industry, you know, it's all good and well to have fun in my opinion, but at the end of the day, it's what really matters. And what kind of puts me off the whole, let myself down, um, party wise and health wise, um, towards bull riding is all the work that not only myself has put in, you know, for my, the past 19 years of my life, but also the work mum and dad have put in, you know, I'm I'm always, I'm always um, trying to pay back what I've, what I've been given. 
And that's something like whenever I win something, I, I'll never be able to say I've won something without thanking the people that have helped me to get there. Sometimes it's hard because there's so many people that help you. But, yeah, you know, if I can if I can put every little ounce of effort and dedication into winning that I can, uh, that's that's a win for me regardless of if I buck off. You know, I, yeah. at least I've still put 100% in and not only rewarded myself but rewarded the people that are closest to me and that is mum and dad. Um, so. You know, it's a, it's just a matter of at the end of the day, how bad do you really want to win? And I'm a big believer in God. And there's the reason why some people win all the time and some people don't, in my opinion, is because God yeah. can't help everyone and God can't let everyone win. So he who puts the most work in gets rewarded the most, in my opinion. Yeah. So you come down here probably, I guess, a bit over, t- or not even 12 months ago, but about 12 months ago. And one of the things that really struck me with you is how open-minded you are when it comes to any kind of performance enhancing like if if you knew you seem to want to surround yourself with people who can better you and and um you seem very open to putting yourself out there and saying hey what can what can I do here I've fucked up this like I'm not feeling the best here do you think that there was a whole lot you changed in this last year or even over the previous years that might have really helped with your mindset like obviously um, we all go through different stages in our lives and I would assume at some point you may have doubted certain things, especially someone who thinks, like I, I know that you do think a lot about things and you do look into things quite deeply. So I would assume at different times you've doubted the process or whatever. Is there anything you've kind of really lent into um, training-wise? I know you do a lot of training and things like that that have really helped your mindset this last year or in before that? Uh, well, yeah, there's – Gee, where do I start? You know, it um throughout this whole season, there was that much that went on inside and outside the arena for me. But every little thing that that I did, either correctly or incorrectly, I I appreciate because it's it's something that I use. I use I basically use a failure and a win in the same way. You know, either whether I fail or win at something, um, I'll always try and learn from it. So, you know, to answer your question, I. I do, um, I guess I do learn learn from every little little thing that I do in life. And like you said, when I come down and stayed with you guys, I stayed with Pete and, and yourself, and that kind of gave me a really good um, – and I, that was my first kind of outlook on something else. Obviously, Pete's a really good fighter and um, really good uh, trainer and coach, but not only physically but mentally. So that kind of yeah. gave me another outlook on what to – um, you know, outlook on how else to be fit and healthy, um, healthy in the mind to be able to compete well, as, uh, you know, in, in the arena. But yeah. um, I kind of also, I don't know if I'm getting sidetracked now from your question, but I think the things that happen outside the arena, everything that happens in your life, um, if, you, if you love your sport and dedicate yourself to your sport as much as um, I do and I'm sure a lot of other people do, it all affects it does affect your competition. So therefore, in my opinion, you do need to look after yourself um, outside the arena. And that kind of goes back to the the whole um, drinking and partying thing because that's a very big thing in our culture. But I think um, if you, you know, really take care of yourself outside the arena as well in your life, um, it'll really help you uh, inside the arena um, in in your competition. Yeah. Um, But as far as, you know, as well as looking – looking at different things and having an open mind, I think that's 
you really got to do that to be able to to be able to succeed. And there's nothing wrong with trying something that that doesn't work. You know, if you like, I found myself doing a lot of things this year that I thought, well, hang on, that that really doesn't work. I went through a stage of, you know, I watched a lot of guys. I watched a lot of world champions. Like I watched Jose and JB Mooney and Jess Lockwood, and I thought, oh, gee, those guys are doing that. I need to do that. You know, I need to be able to do this. I need to be able to do that. But I kind of come to the realization that there's literally not one single bull rider in this whole world that rides the same, you know? So yeah. there's no, and I'm sure there's, there's probably no fighters, um, you know, in Pete's yeah. world that, that fight the exact same, you know? Um, and that's actually, I'll never forget the day I was, I was sparring with Pete and he said, I said, oh, is this what I'm doing here? Correct. And he said, well, it's not, it's not correct for some people, but you'll find your own way of doing it. So you're kind of finding your own path and your own, logical way of of doing doing the task and yeah. I think that kind of that was that was one of the turning points for me when I just let myself compete how I compete and ride how I ride and that only come from trial and error like I tried a lot of different things training wise and bull riding wise and then I finally found what works for myself and I just I just kept working at that and and um you know I just started going uphill from there yeah, I I think we'll um definitely have Pete on the podcast eventually whenever he slows down to talk a lot about his mindset because with me, with you, like I know there's a lot of people that um, we have around us that have been affected quite positively by the way he is. And I often think it's like it's a fine line I think when we're competing when – so I, I was someone, especially before I met Pete, I was so – um, into it. Like I was so analytical. I would like look into every single performance and I would like go out and work for another five hours to make sure I kind of perfected that one thing. And then I would watch so-and-so who might be better or whatever it is and try and be that, that good. And I think at some point that can become detrimental. Like you have to have a part of you that is so open-minded that you're like, fuck, maybe ice baths or something that I need to do. And then I need to like meditate and blah, blah, blah. But then at some point you need to be able to stand back and go, fuck it I'm just good enough and I just need to go yeah. do whatever the fuck works for me because there yeah. is two extremes especially you'll see in our sport you'll see the people who literally only compete when they are like drunk or whatever it might be and, and they are like partying and they're just like they they back in the box or they do whatever the fuck they do in the arena just they have to be partying to be able to do it and they're so chaotic and that's what works for them and it works for them because they just don't care and then there's the other side of it where you see someone who has worked so incredibly hard but sometimes maybe they're just too analytical and they yep. they overthink everything and it's kind of like finding a a medium in the middle where you're so confident that you could probably just back in the box and do whatever the fuck you want you just go out there and thongs yes. and rope or something but yep. also being analytical enough to go mm, maybe not staying up for four days straight before I bull ride. It might probably help me a little bit or yeah, maybe yeah. when I exercise and go and work out, I feel a little better. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I really like those, those examples you said there, but you know, I, I had a really good mate that um, used to be a bit like me. We were both, we got along really good and uh, we used to drive to bull rides together and we'd go to a bull ride and him and I just fall off, fall left. We'd be like, Oh, and then there'd be a fellow that was, you know, up for two days before and <laughs> blind and got on and won the bull ride. And I remember it like yesterday it happened and he said to me, we were driving along, it was like midnight, we were tired. And he goes, man, what's even the point of trying as hard as we do? Like we focus on it, we analyse it that hard and then we rock up and, and fall off and then there's someone else that, you know, wins and he's been drinking for two days. And I said, 
well, we'll see how long he lasts. Yeah. And we didn't really know. We were a lot younger at that time, but I just thought we'll just see how see how long that goes. And and then it's only taken what three years since then, and him and I are a lot further along than the fellow that won the bull ride that day. And yeah, I think I think it can only last for so long because how many rodeos can you compete at when you're drunk? You know, I don't I, I mean, don't think that can last. Yeah. Um and and I think as far as when you're talking real physical stuff like bull riding and bareback riding and bronc riding, even boxing, um, you're talking that physical, you do need a certain amount of health and strength to be able to ability can only get you so far in my opinion. And um you know, I listened to a podcast of JB Mooney the other day and they said, oh, you're always drinking and that before the bull ride. And JB said, well, I do drink a lot and I do do a lot of partying, but no one sees the work I put in it at home. He said, I'm not, I'm not a drunk at home. I put a lot of training in and, and I think you'll find he puts a lot more work in than, than, um, you know, social media puts out. But I oh, think, yeah. I think you can't beat being healthy and, and, um, you know, doing every little bit you can because long-term, if you can get a handle on your mind and not overthink it, if, as soon as you get a handle on your mind, if you're healthy and fit, you're, you're pretty well there. You know, you got all yeah. the boxes ticked, all the boxes ticked and, um, you know, that's the last stage for you to be able to just start winning. Yeah. You know, I think um, either way, to be honest, can be a sign of weakness in the mind. Like if you can't, and this is probably very specific and I don't know whether we should be talking about it with professionalism of our sport, but it is it is the case in some areas. And I don't think, I think it's definitely changing for the better. But if you, I would say if you have to be drunk or high or whatever the fuck, if for you to compete or for you to go into certain situations or whatever, at some point that's your crutch and at some point that's probably a weakness that you maybe need to try and overcome. And on the other end, if you have to be so rigid in your, if you have to be like completely sober and you have to work out five days a week and you have to cold plunge before you compete and you have to meditate because this is like how insane I got, you have to be so full on to be able to think you can compete. That's also a weakness. Like that's your crutch is there is like insane routines and things. And somewhere in the middle, I'm pretty sure if we like, rolled out and, and we'd had like a massive few weeks and whatever and we'd been working and stuff and we just decided to go to the arena and you just decided to rope a calf you still could just rope a calf and at some point there needs to be that just kind of back you need to be able to back yourself for who you are without any of those crutches like it's it's either way I guess that's right and I guess it's your happy medium that you got to find and everyone every single person is different like I Stetson Rod obviously is is a freak of nature in my opinion and I ask a lot of people what, that have been around him. I'm like, oh, you know, how's he so good and all that? But and then JB Mooney's won just as much, and he's he's totally different, you know. And and you can't compare people, I know, but um, you can't you can't help yourself but try and try and be as good as those people. Um, but at the end of the day, like you say, it's it's finding it's finding your way of being able yeah. to compete well on the day. You know, it's yeah. it's your your only way to be able to win all the time is to find how to win all the time. And like Ty Murray says, and it's another thing that I live by is find what makes you ride or what makes you compete good every single time. And that's, that's the hardest thing to do in my opinion. And if you can naturally find that, what makes you compete so good, if you can naturally find a natural way of doing that, that's, that's what's going to get you 
you know, all the way in my opinion. And I I'm, I haven't been all the way and I haven't won all the way, but that's just what I what I see and and what I take in from from other people. And I do a lot of listening and a lot of watching, and that's kind of what I take in. And Ty Murray, um, you know, I do a lot of listening to him and and so on. And he's the greatest cowboy to put boots on. And you know, I think I think I agree a lot with if you can find what makes you compete good every single time and um, try as hard as you can without trying too hard. If you can find the way to do that, that's um, you're you're pretty set in my opinion. And and like we go back to talking about being being um, you know if you drink a little bit or you you take drugs or something like that to compete good. Um, one, you're not going to be a hundred percent fit and healthy. You know you might compete good, but you you're certainly not going to be a hundred percent fit and healthy. And in my opinion, I I don't believe God's going to help you as much because you're not you don't have all the boxes ticked. You know you're going to have you know, if you're if you've drunk before the bull ride, and then like someone else goes out and he's put all the work in, you might beat him on the day. But you know, I think God's going to help him in the long run. Um, in in my opinion, um, that's just my opinion. A lot of people have different opinions, and yeah, and I'll still if someone jumps out and he's drunk and he wins the bull ride, I'll still respect him because you know, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter as long I'll as he did you, it drunk. Yeah, as, as long as you're there at the whistle, <laughs> it, nothing else really matters. But you know, when you talk about it. Um, as in depth as as you you or myself like to look at it um i think i think being fit and healthy and and finding out what makes you you win um naturally that's that's kind of the best the best way to go about it in my opinion yeah look definitely like i mean you only have to look at how they have to rodeo or go to bull rides in america like if it's something that takes you have you know it takes so much effort to be able to get on a bull or whatever it's not going to last. Like you can't yeah. go as hard as they do in America and things like that and continually win if you have to have some completely exhausting routine, whether it be one end of the scale or the other, to make it happen. Like it just isn't going to yeah. last. At some point you've just got to be able to get on, get off, go to the next one. That's right, yeah. And actually that's a good thing you say there because um, there was a point in this season where I, towards the end of the season, to be honest, like especially the lead up to the finals, I kind of said to myself, well, if there was no money, if there was no money or buckles involved, I'd I'd definitely still go to this rodeo and I'd still compete yeah. at the finals, regardless of if I'm going to win anything or not. I'd still like to just go and compete. So, at the end of the day, it's really really fun for me. I, I like I got a bull ride this weekend and my whole weeks that I've been getting up in the mornings just to get the day done to get to the bull ride. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I love I love bull riding that much that um at the end of the day that the reason I enter and, and go get on the bull is because, because I love it so much. So that's kind of the whole point at the end of the day. And there's no point stressing yourself too much, um, you know, to be able to get yourself in the right frame of mind and the right um, physical uh, mind because you, you're going to do it anyway. So, you know, it yeah. might as well be fun for you. Going like from this question, I feel like I might already know the answer, but how did it, did it, so you set a goal to go out and win these titles in 2023? Probably not all of them, but you just yeah. overachieved. But once you achieved it, like standing up there, you're receiving your saddles and things. Did it feel, did you feel like elated and, and you were like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I wanted? Or I, and I'm speaking from myself and from, I've talked to a few other people that have kind of felt this. You almost get what you have set out to do, like get that goal. And it's sort of underwhelming. Like you're a little bit like, hmm, okay, that's done. 
I might assume that you might say because you love it so much, you were just like, oh, fuck it. It's this like cool thing I get for doing what I love. And that's yeah. probably the ideal mentality. <laughs> but I just think sometimes maybe people put so much pressure on their goals that once they achieve them, they're like, oh, okay, now I'll just do it again. Yeah, yeah well, uh, well, to be perfectly honest, um, well, when I when I was up there and I got awarded my, my two saddles, I, I thought, well, this is – this is pretty hard to believe that all all the work and and all the you know all the stuff I believe in has actually worked like it was it was pretty hard to believe that that um you know all the all the money spent and the the mental coaches and the listening to different people and trying so many different things and putting a whole you know 19 years of of actual work into get better and I I finally achieved the highest goal that I could achieve in this country and and up until I was up until that night, I'd achieved the, the highest thing that I, I set out to achieve. And that was that was um, nearly overwhelming, to be honest, at the time. It, it was. And I was like, well, you know, this is, this is um, the pinnacle. This is pretty cool. I'm glad everything's worked out. And um, uh, we, I cel- like I celebrated. I thought, well, I'm going to celebrate and that's all going to be good. And we had a really good time. I had a really good time with friends and family and so on that, that have helped and supported me the whole way. But then the very next day, it didn't help. I was, I was extremely hungover, but I um, was driving home and I was like, man, like that's, that's all over now. You know, I, I kind of yeah. got a bit sad. I was like, well, gee, it's, that's all over. And I thought, well, you know, it, it is over, but I've still, I've got that now. I've got that under my belt. I, I got to move on to the next goal because obviously at the start of the season, all I was worried about was winning those things. And then once it's over, it's like, oh gee, what, what now? And then I kind of sat down for a week. I thought I'm just going to let myself do whatever for a week, you know, and have no pressure at all. And then from now on, it's just worrying about the, the next goal. And that is, that is um, going to the NFR in America. So it's all about working towards a goal, in my opinion. And you, you can never be in neutral. You can never have a neutral mode. You need to be in gear, chasing a, chasing a goal. And I, I was um, sad for that little bit because it was all over, you know, but um yeah, it's it's now. It is, it is now what it. Control. It's like what we're just like um, geared to just drive for, isn't it? Like unless we have just these insane goals to make us like get up and and keep going every day, it's it can be kind of mundane. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a hunt. It's like a yeah. it's like a hunt for for more to win more and and just to not like you know it's all good and well to win, but it's you know once I the night of the awards, I, I realized how much it actually meant to have all the hard work paid off. That's yeah. more so than actually getting the saddle. It was, it was all the, all the people that have helped me and, and the work that I've put in with them, uh, people being mum and dad and, and other family and friends. I, I was just glad to be able to show that, show that everything had paid off, you know? Yeah. It's like that really cliche thing. That's like, it's not the end goal, it's the journey or whatever that that is yeah. what you kind of look back on and you're like, fuck, that was I'm so happy that I drove those extra miles and stayed up later and did all those things. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, yeah, you gotta go out of your comfort zone a lot of the times. And I did a lot of things that I probably didn't need to do, but I, I did them because they were outside my comfort zone and I, I thought, well, I'm gonna put every single little effort into this year as I can so that win, lose or draw at the end I've I've put everything in and and fortunately, it it just worked out for the better. So, but regardless yeah. of if I'd have won or not, I'd I'd put everything in, and I learnt quite a lot from it. You know, if I'd have mm. gone to the finals and fell off everything and missed everything, I still would have learnt something from it. You know, and I 
probably wouldn't have let that happen again because I'd I'd gone through it, you know. Yeah. Before we go on to the state stuff, you speak a bit about your mindset coach and um I just want to talk about like why did you kind of decide to get a mindset coach? Was there anything that you've really taken away from it that you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I hundred percent keep on want to keep working with this guy or was it more reassurance? Definitely. It it was more reassurance, but it was kind of another thing that I it was another stepping stone that I wanted to tick off to have every box ticked to be able to be better. You know, I wanted every every little thing that I could do to get better, I wanted to do, and I still am willing to do whatever I can to get better. Um, but he really helped me um, kind of simplify things. He he put it into a put it into an athletic um, athletic sort of mindset to be able to simplify things and. Um, uh, I guess I guess find a routine and find lots of different strategies. Like I went through a, a hell of a lot of different strategies with my mental coach for for me that works. Whatever strategy works for me to get better and to be in a lot of different situations and have those strategies work. And uh, that that's all that all really helped. I, I don't I don't doubt for a minute that that's that was a big part of my success this year um, having that mental coach. But at, what some people don't realize, and I've had some people tell me this year, like. Oh, how's how's a mental coach going to help you with bull riding because it's so unique? Well, at the end of the day, I I know for a fact that my mental coach can help a golfer just as much as he can help me riding bulls, and I I know that for a fact, and and he did, he's proven it, and um, yeah, I, I'm really glad I did that, and I'd highly recommend it for other people because it it um it's just another box tick to to help you get better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Me, my sister, Web, and obviously Pete, like. We've all worked with mental coaches for sporting. I do think definitely each person is so different though, aren't they? Like yep. you're probably working on different strategies for before you get on a ball or how you should be thinking or whatever you should be kind of like replaying or manifesting in your mind before you go and compete. But for everyone, that really is so different. Um, I think that's so cool that you went, went ahead and did that. And I do think that it should probably – I mean, I feel like in this day and age, though, it, all this kind of stuff is a lot more common, but it's just nice to actually have someone who will like openly talk about it. Yeah. And I think, I think there's a, there's a somewhat of a heritage and, and, um, history in rodeo, like it's just a rough and tumble and, you know, kind of get the job done. And, and it is like bull riding at the end of the day, once you, once you bloody pull your bull rope up, nothing, nothing else matters but making the whistle. But it's, it's just a matter of outside before you get in and compete. It's just a matter of putting in the work and, and having all the boxes ticked in, in my opinion. Um, and especially nowadays, there's so much at stake. Like there's so much at stake money-wise and title-wise and you got to put so much money in, money and time and effort and, and everything goes into it. You might as well put every bit of help, you know, you might as well help yourself every bit you can, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's wild that people will spend like imagine how much you spend on entry fees in a year. It's wild that they would spend that kind of money on entry fees, but like mm, not quite sure if they're going to spend any kind of money on a mm. mental coach when maybe if you spend it, you might be able to make some money back off your entry fees, that, you know? Yeah, that, that is a good way of, of putting it. Yeah, it, it um, yeah, I guess it's just a matter of how much, yeah, how much do you want to get better to win, I suppose. Yeah. Speaking about going to America, that is your next goal, I would assume, America and, and getting on the road. Tell us about yep. sort of that goal and, and what your plans are. Uh, well, I'm in the process of getting my, my visa uh, sorted. Um, so I'm going to get a 
going to get a P1 visa and I'll, I'll um, shoot off to, to America, you know, mid next year. Um, and I'm just going to go over there and kind of put my feelers out and, and get the hang of things and get on a few bulls and go to a few rodeos and I'm going to compete in the PRCA. So I'll just ride in the PRCA and get my, um, get my permit, permit card and all that sort of stuff, you know, and um, yeah, I guess get the hang of it. I don't, I'm not going to be a world beater straight away, but I just want to get the hang of it. And then um, in 2025, I kind of got a goal. I'm going to try and make the NFR and and same as I did this year in this country, just obviously on a bigger scale, I'll just put everything into it that I can and, and um, yeah, just give it 100%, tick all the boxes and and um, hope for the best of being able to, or try for the best, I should say, of winning the world. Yeah. Question, like, I so often get asked about visas and getting visas, sports visas, things like that. Montana obviously went through it um, a couple of years back, and I think there's so many people that are trying to go through it. How have you found that process? Or Well, um, well, obviously I had a lot of help from from um, yourself and, and Pete and that for being able to get a good visa person, um, a good lawyer and stuff. Uh, I, think, I think it's just a matter of finding – a good source like i found a good source off you guys someone that's really um that that is gonna help you get your visa because there's like a, the first fella i ever emailed for my visa i sent him all my stuff and he said oh i'll get back to you i'm going on holiday and i was like well that's that's not really good enough so i, I got on to, to the a really good contact now and um i think it's it's just a matter of you you got to get in and, and get it done you know it's, it's one of those things yeah. you want to kind of keep putting off sort of thing and I, I just hooked in and, and got got my stuff sent away that I need to send away. And, um, yeah, it's just a, just a matter of don't freak out because there's a lot of things that I, I don't really know what a lot of a lot of these things mean that I'm sending away. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to be patient and just keep keep hustling, I suppose, and keep getting the hang of everything that, that's involved with your visa and just keep um, keep going and get it done, I suppose, because that's, that's the next thing. You've got to do that before you can go over there to win. Yeah, I think um, we have done like, I'm pretty sure we've done a whole episode on this, but I guess one of the biggest things is finding a lawyer who will actually communicate pretty well. They seem like they maybe don't need the business all that much, so sometimes they can be a little hard to get onto. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Well, I'm very fortunate. I've I've got a very good contact with these these people and they kind of, yeah, they they show that they, they appreciate what I've, what I've done and what I'm trying to do. So that's, I guess that's a start. And um, as long as they keep getting back onto me, I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. Between that and then just if, if someone is thinking about going over, making sure you're just collating as much evidence as you can that you have, have been successful here and overseas, whatever it might be, news articles, like results, things like that. You can keep screenshots and clippings and things. It definitely helps. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, keep that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, another big thing is if you can if you can get contacts and stay good mates with people that go over there, um, any sort of any sort of reference is is good, you know, especially someone in a in a big stage sort of thing. Any reference is really good in my opinion as well. Yeah, definitely. And there is um, like just reach out to people. To be honest, even in America, like I've found a lot of the people over there are pretty willing to help, and I don't know whether that's just because maybe I was desperate but i don't know i've I've haven't found too many people to just kind of turn your way yeah yeah i I don't really know why that is the case but there is a lot of helpful people over there um from from what i see i've never i've never been over to america to be honest but 
um, yeah, from what I can see, there's a lot of helpful people. I think there's a lot of opportunity over there. Um, yeah. There's a lot to there's a lot to win to be able to hand out and share, I suppose. But you know, I guess uh, there's probably not as much to to share in Australia per se. But um, this is probably yeah, true. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we've kind of covered most things. I um, I just wanted to say how proud we are of you. You had such an insane year, and I feel like actually I know I'm definitely not alone in watching whenever whoever was watching you at the NFR I was just so excited like watching you get a ball covered or something I'm not I don't generally watch the bull ride and be like yeah I'm so into this but being able to watch you rope and and win that um round team roping and honestly I was just like so proud of you yeah thank you I I um I kind of I could have been there all night on the mic thanking the people that have that have helped me um you know, well, you got. It was the very start of my my season when I went down to, uh, you you yourself and Pete's place, and that that was kind of opened my mind. Pete helped me open my mind up to other things to be able to help me get better, and <clears throat> and then obviously the mental coach helped me open my mind up and get better, and it was just a growing. I grew a lot and matured a lot through through the season, <clears throat> uh, thanks to a lot of people. But uh, yeah, as far as I kind of knew, like I had mum and and a lot of family come and watch me at the finals, and it was. When I was a lot younger, I used to kind of think, oh, you know, I've got these people watching and if I made a mistake, I'd be like, oh, you know, like everyone's coming to watch me and it's it's yeah. a, putting on a show. But it's kind of once you get yourself in, in the zone um, of just, you know, competing the best that you can compete at, at the time, regardless of who's watching or who's supporting you, um, it makes a world of difference. Because obviously, like if I if I buck off a ball at a rodeo, I think, well, gee, like I've not only let myself down, but I've let dad and mum down and everyone that's helped me, I've kind of let everyone down, especially if I fall off a lot, a lot or something like that, which I've gone through slumps and I feel like I'm letting people down. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of lost that a little bit, fortunately, this season. Um, kind of started, not in a bad way, but kind of started worrying about myself a little bit and actually, you know, taking care of business for myself first. So then, you know, it's not as, it's not as bad because if you're worrying about a hell of a lot of other people and things and trying to trying to pay people back all the time especially you know bull ride in my opinion or any sort of um any sort of physical sport you're gonna you're gonna struggle you know there's a certain there's a line there you got to draw to worry about yourself and and in competition and and make it work at the time um but i also want to mention probably another thing that that made a huge difference for me was i had i had a few really good mates this season um like i had geordie and jackson and uh, tricky and then obviously Pete helped me a great deal he's not at every rodeo but when he's there he makes a hell of a difference and before every bull I got on at the finals uh, Jackson was there and he spotted me and dad pulled my rope and and then Pete would rock up just before I was going to get on and he'd hit me on the back or something and it, it, it'd make he'd only say like five words or so before I get on but it just makes a huge difference and and to have the right people in your circle makes a you know it makes a world of difference for me some people might be different but you know, it's a, regardless of who it is, if it's someone that makes you compete good, there's no reason why why you can't try and make that work and have them there to be able to help you, you know, compete better. And, um, yeah, I'm just really fortunate and happy to have the people that back me and help me to be able to support me, um, you know, in, yeah. in what I do. And I think, I think it's a matter of being able to, you know, fortunately the way I've been brought up is just a matter of paying back and, and showing those people that I appreciate them. I, I never really put a post on Facebook or anything, but I certainly did a lot of phone calls and, and a lot of yeah. talking to a lot of people and a lot of thanking because I, um, 
you know, I it's it takes a small village, in my opinion, to create success sometimes. And there's always someone behind someone helping them. And I certainly had a few people helping me. So, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. And every time I look at my saddle, I think of the people that have helped me. Yeah, it's so, so important to have those people around you. Like, and you, like we've said a million times, but whoever you are, you might need different kinds of people around you. I know having someone like Pete in my corner means that if I go out and something goes wrong, I can go back to the trailer and he's like, what happened? Like something must have happened because you are so good. And, you know, like he, he there is never like that dread or whatever. He's so positive and, and like yeah. it's always kind of fun and he's just like we're out there to just be the best we fucking can and, and we will be, you know, and it's yeah. – pretty cool to be around people like that or and you know there's going to be times where things don't go right and you have to sit back and go yeah I really screwed up there or I did this wrong or whatever but having that person that can just kind of be like righto let's move on and he I mean I need to talk like do a full episode on how much he has worked with my mindset is it's insane the kind of work we have done but it's pretty cool to just get back to just doing it and moving on to the next one. And then when things do go awesome, you're like, well, of course they go awesome because that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's right. And and like dad and I were only talking just yesterday. He said, oh, gee, you know, you've, you've won a lot of buckles. That's all good. And I said, yeah, I said, but I'll still never forget the, all the 7.9 bull rides I made this year. Like <laughs> I bucked off Mr. Fabulous at 7.9 and, and you know, I bucked off a bull at the finals at 7.9. You know, I bucked off a lot of bulls right on the whistle and I roped a lot of steers. I dropped a, a lot of legs and I um, missed a lot of calves, missed strung a lot of calves. You know, there was, a, there was a hundred mistakes that I made throughout the whole season, but it's a matter of, you know, not just, I guess, losing your shit over one mistake. It's a matter of getting better oh and learning from those little mistakes along the way. And in the long run, I think there's, if you learn from it, if you if you're learning all the time, you can never fail, in my opinion, because you're yeah. constantly learning. It's there's never a failure. You're always you're always learning and getting better. Yeah, you have. I mean, you you can't you will never ever see anyone who has a career that's completely flawless. Like you have to, and fail is probably not the quiet word, but you have to mess up like to know how to do it correctly again. And it's yeah. just good to be around people that probably, yeah, don't dwell on it with you and be like, yeah, and then if, shut up. Let's just move on. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, if yeah. Oh, well, you've backed off now. Let's go get on a bender for a week. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't really yeah. help. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. Well, um, yeah, I think we've got most things covered. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No, that's that's all good. I, I appreciate that. This is fun. I, you know, I love talking about rodeo and, and bull riding. That's kind of it's all I live for. So I appreciate talking about it. and. <laughs> And so, it's easy to talk about when it's my entire life. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally it. Yeah, that's what I wake up in the morning for. I'm so and like I'm so keen to see what you do in America. We'll definitely come over and visit you. Oh um, yeah, I'll, I'll I, use any excuse to be honest. I need Pete there, and and fortunately Pete's a I'll just say he's a cage fighter, and he should be able to come here and pull my rope. <laughs> surely, surely he should be able to move some people out of the way. He usually that's, can have that effect on people. Yeah, generally speaking, that's that's how it rolls, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and good luck with everything. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Young Western Podcast. If you like this, you can head over to Facebook and find our closed Facebook page, the Young Western Podcast, or you can follow the links in our bio to all of our private Instagrams and TikToks and things like that. Any new episodes will be promoted on there. Or you can email us at youngwesternpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.